message. Father God, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you would use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. Father, we are here today to celebrate you, God. We thank you for what you've done in our church over the last 18 years, God. It's because of you um, that we're here, and so we're thankful for it. And so today, God, we just want to glorify you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, we have one scripture verse that we're going to preach from this morning, and it's really quite easy. The scripture verse is in Psalm 126.3, and it says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Amen. Amen. On an anniversary service, that's what we can say. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. I I asked Pastor Todd to uh, share some of the things that were on his heart for uh, our anniversary. And he wrote out some things. And so I'm going to read these to you from Pastor Todd. It says, 18 years ago, Faith and Victory Church was formed by two faithful pastors and four people who followed them. We set out 100 chairs and bought 100 donuts, but no one else came. It didn't phase us because we were faithful to what God has call, had called us to do. That unwavering determination has been placed in the fabric of who and what FVC is and it led us to where we are today with over 400 souls worshiping and learning more about God every single Sunday. Over the last 18 years, we've met in three different locations. We started in Kent, moved to a warehouse in Auburn and bought these buildings on A Street. We started with one service, went to two services with different sermons for each service. If anybody can remember that, that was painful. And then we... uh, We stretched ourselves to three services and then decided that was crazy and went back to two services again. And those services we've learned from at least 32 different preachers that have preached straight through the books of John, Mark, Acts, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, Colossians, Philippians, forgot James, I remember that one, and currently working through the books of Matthew and Hebrews. There's even a teaching on the book of Revelation if you know where to look. We've listened to preaching about fasting, tithing, submission, healing, accountability, authority, the fruits of the spirit, blessings, bondage, consequences, the constitution, cults, fornication, heart change, the lukewarm, the victorious, and even the Christian worldview. We've preached on Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, 4th of July, every Super Bowl Sunday, even when the Seahawks weren't in the Super Bowl, and even Halloween. You guys remember when we did Christmas Eve, two services, (laughs) then Sunday was two services? Man, Pastor Matt has almost 400 sermons recorded for anyone listen who, for anyone to listen to on the website. In the last 18 years, the leadership of Faith and Victory Church has grown. What was two senior pastors doing everything while following God's calling on their life has turned into five employed pastors, three volunteer pastors, four elders, 23 deacons, and over 25 different ministry leaders serving the church in all different ways from cleaning toilets to making the technology work to greeting new people to preaching God's word. Over the years, we've supported missionaries to spread the gospel both locally and around the world. We've built houses in Mexico, helped form churches in Ghana, built wells in the Philippines, adopted an orphan in the Ukraine, planted churches in Croatia, built churches in Nigeria, partnered with a sister church in Pakistan. We've also supported missions locally who provide food and shelter to the homeless and help recovering addicts get back on their feet and much more. We've also shared the gospel with millions of people on social media. Well, that was before we got banned on Twitter. (laughs) We also have over a thousand subscribers on YouTube who watch over 300 hours of preaching every month. 
We have over 4,000 people who like the church Facebook page and reaches over 5,000 people a month. We have hashtag run our race, blogged for Jesus, done video devotionals, posted hashtag FBC life pictures to Instagram and live stream everything we possibly can. We quote the preacher, we share the sermon, we post scripture verses every day. Sometimes it makes the online trolls angry, but we don't care and we're doing it for Jesus. We were digital cool before the pandemic hit and we helped our analog brother and sister churches navigate the trying times of 2020. By the way, we not only survived COVID, we thrived through it. Over the last 18 years, we've had 11 meds advances and women's treats. We've started with the army of God, wrestled with Macho and Mucho, dressed up as princesses, became superheroes, and we even got to ride a bull. Most importantly than the themes, though, is that we've watched time and time again as men and women come back from these retreats with changed lives on fire for God. We have taught our children and youth the word of God. Pastor Amber started as the FEC bookkeeper, just looking for a few extra hours every week, and through her passion and God's will, has become the leader that our young children need her to be. She is so passionate about teaching our children that she started a school. 36 kids have signed up for our school. Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Brittany took over the youth group when we had three youth attending the church 15 years ago. Now we have 30 plus kids attending youth every Wednesday. We have Live Ready Youth for junior high kids every Monday. The youth even have their own section in the 9 a.m. Sunday service and sometimes lead the congregation on Wednesday nights. Our worship team has grown a lot lot over the last 18 years. We've endured some joyful noise from time to time. And even heard Pastor Matt play the piano. We've bought lots of expensive speakers, built a drum cage, and even added a violin. There's been an extensive and expensive endeavor because we want to give God our best. While we've had good worship leaders all along the way, worship leader Amanda Mott has taken us to that next level where the music enhances the worship and the body of Christ is able to focus on what's important. At FEC, you don't get to say you guys are that church. It's our church or your church. And every accomplishment... And every milestone and mark we've hit couldn't have been done without the faithful members pushing all of us forward. Our service, sacrifices, and faithfulness have paid off as God has blessed us over the years. We are so excited that every single one of you are here, and I personally can't wait to see what the next 18 years holds for us. God bless. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Today, publicly, that's what we say. We say, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. And I will tell you, I love the God life. Amen. I love being in this church because we serve a great God. We've got great people, and we do great things for God. Amen. We are in his will, and we are barreling towards eternity. I am glad because he has delivered us. Amen. Who can testify this morning that God has delivered you? Colossians 1.13 says he has 
has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. I praise God that we are no longer under the power of darkness, but we have been put in this kingdom of his forgiveness, of his grace, and of his mercy. Amen. The kingdom of darkness is full of hate, discontent, fear, unforgiveness, pain, and misery. The kingdom of God is love, peace, patience, kindness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. He has delivered us. Amen. Amen. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. I praise God that he delivers us from all of our fears and I praise God for it. Friend, there's a lot to be afraid of out there, but you don't have to be afraid because we serve a God that will deliver you from all of your fears. I used to fear failure. I used to fear finances, public scorn, calamity of all sorts, but my fear has subsided. I'm not afraid to die and I'm not afraid to live in Jesus name. The Bible says the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, and he is. And he wants to be that for you as well. The strong tower that you run to, the deliverer that sets you free. If you're here this morning struggling with sin, overcome with fear and shame, God will deliver you. He will set you free. He will set you in a high place because he is a deliverer. Bible says in Romans 6 14 sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace you have been set free from the power of sin you don't have to let it have dominion over you anymore he doesn't just set you free he says it's no longer going to have dominion over you the Bible says in Joel 2 32 that it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved amen as the Lord said among the remnant who the Lord calls. Friend, there's a power source that's sitting here right now for you, for the taking that God wants to give you deliverance over the sin in your life. And if you're here this morning and you're calling on him, friend, he's going to hear you and he will deliver you and he will protect you as you go through it. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Can somebody testify this morning that God is a deliverer. Amen. God has set us so we are glad. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Friend, you are not here by choice. God ordained that you would be here at Faith and Victory Church. You thought you made the decision, but God made it for you. You thought that you met somebody, God arranged it. You thought that you searched online, but God gave it a high listing. Amen. Why? Because God said set you in the body. That's what he does. And I don't know about you, but I feel safe in the house of God. It's literally called a sanctuary. It's, it's, it's called a place that God wants to keep you safe. Amen. That God wants you to be here in his sanctuary. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever traveled outside the United States before, but if you've never had that experience before, I highly recommend it. I've been outside the United States many times. I've been on military deployments. Every time I leave, I can't wait to come back to the greatest nation on this earth. We've got problems, but go somewhere else and you realize they're not nearly as bad as the problems that other people have. 
And when the plane comes in, no matter where I'm coming from, and those tires touch down, I'm excited that I have set ground in the United States of America, even if it's Baltimore, Maryland. Amen? There's a, there's a sense of relief that comes over you when the, when the tires go down and the plane powers down where you think, I'm now under the protection of the United States of America. And it still means something. And I will tell you, now that the condition that America is in, I move even closer in and I find sanctuary in the house of God. In a world that's lost its mind, in a world that doesn't know up from down, left from right, boys from girls, I come into God's church and I find sanctuary. I find that the wheels touch down and I say, man, I'm in a safe place and I want to be here. I want to be in the house of God because the sanctuary is meant to be a place of refuge, a place to be safe. It's why church infighting and gossip are so damaging. It's why I never understand people that will sit inside of their own house and create problems. I don't understand it all. You wouldn't chew off your own arm. Why would you argue and fight with the people of God? If God set you in this place, you would protect it as a sanctuary and a refuge. I literally question the salvation of people that gossip and destroy the church. Why? Because they're self-mutilators. Why would you trust somebody that self-mutilates? But here's the good news. People can't even destroy God's church. They can't do it. The Bible says, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it no no demon no politician no government no wolf can destroy the church of God they can't it's impossible as much as anything or anyone would try to destroy the house of God they cannot do it it's impossible because God has set the members in the body amen let me show you what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 20, I I, I don't know if they changed it, but I started in 19. They changed it? We'll see. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. That's you. You're not here just listening to somebody talk, and you're not here just listening to some songs. You're members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ is the senior pastor of this church. We're all just under shepherds in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. This is not just a building. We are a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in his spirit. Friend, we are a holy temple to the Lord. Amen. This isn't a place for songs and handshakes. We make the gates of hell tremble because of the gathering of the saints of God. Demons literally shudder when we get together and we worship God. The Bible says in Ephesians 1:22, and he put all things underneath his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church. The church is the head and not the tail. We, we have dominion over the powers of darkness. We have dominion over any demon, any devil that would try to come against God's church. We have dominion over that. And Satan is not going to break me, and he's not going to break this church. He ain't going to do it. We have each other. We are the body of Christ. We are the visible representation of Jesus on this earth. When people come in here, they're supposed to see Jesus. And and as God has grown our church, we can look around and our church looks like heaven. Amen? Amen. 
All types of people attend faith, faith and victory from all backgrounds. And I believe that that's what God intended for his church. And so we become that living expression, that living example of what God can do. The Bible says in Romans 12:5, so we being many are one body in Christ, the visible representation of Jesus. Amen. But it takes us all. We work together. As God has placed us, we work together as, as his church. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Amen? Causes growth for the edifying of the body in love. And what does that mean? That means if you have a skin tab, you go to the doctor and you get it removed. Right? You guys don't know what a skin tab is? Yeah. It's a, it's a useless part of your body that you get removed. It's growing, and you think that it's supposed to be there because it's growing, but it's not supposed to be there. And so doctors remove parts of your body that aren't supposed to be there. Now, a doctor wouldn't go in and remove your liver or your heart or a lung. He wouldn't do that. She, sorry, gender neutral language. Women can become doctors. But there's a sermon in there. If you're going to be part of the body, right? If you be part of the body, you've got to make make part of the body. Because if not, the spiritual skin, skin tags get removed. Because this church is going to continue on. We're going to continue to do what God has asked us to do. It's been 18 years, and if the Lord tarries, we will continue on for many, many more years. Most importantly, and this is part that people don't understand, the greatest thing that we do is gather as a body. It's the greatest thing that we do. People say, what's the number one thing the church should be doing? Gathering, worshiping God, protecting the doctrine of the saints. There's other things that we do that are outside the body, but if you are not gathering and protecting the doctrine of the church, when Christ returns, what will he find? He's got to find a glorious bride without blemish. He's got to find us. And so we want to maintain the doctrine of the apostles. We want to gather together and worship and praise and serve and give and all those other things. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm till the end. As you've been placed, you can testify that you're going to hold firm to the end. Amen? Some of y'all, that's good. Some of y'all need to get saved. Because I don't know about you, but I'm holding firm to the end. I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. I'm glad because Jesus has protected us. Can you testify that the Lord has protected you? They they always say God is a friend to uh, children and idiots. That's what they say. Why? Because God is protecting. I know, I know the decisions that I've made in my life. I did everything that I could to try to destroy myself. But God. But God stepped in and said, you know what? I've got more for this young man. And can you testify that God has done the same for you? In times when you should have been dead and you should have not done what, what you did. And God protected you through it. God looked out for you and you're here this morning. God has protected me my whole life through deployments, danger, and downturns. He's protected me from financial destruction, relationship destruction, and health stuff. He has protected me from the evil of society and the pain of this world. He has protected me. Can anybody else testify that God has protected them? 
Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me. You are a servant of the Lord. This is your inheritance. Amen. This is your heritage. Now notice that it says, it doesn't say that the weapon will not be formed. It just says that the weapon will not be prosperous. I've seen many a weapon formed against the child of God. I've seen people go through struggles. I've seen people go through problems. I've seen people go through calamities. But what I've also seen is that weapon did not prosper. Amen. And these weapons that are formed against you, friend, they will not prosper. You may have seen it. You may have felt it. You may have been affected by it. But it did not prosper. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 91:1, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And I don't know about you, but that's where I'm going to abide. I'm going to hang out under the shadow of the almighty. And I don't care if anybody else understands it. I don't care if anybody else agrees with it. I don't care what else the rest of the world is going to do. But you'll find me underneath the shadow of the almighty. Amen. Find me in church. Find me in the household of God. Find me under the protection of my father. That's where I'm going to be. Because I don't want to be out there on my own. I don't want to be out there without the people of God. I don't want to be out there without God's people. I want to live under his protection. Amen. Many years ago, I, um, I was hanging out with my brother and, and I have a, uh, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm preaching so hard. My back's spasming. Jeez. Um, well, you know, it's hard as you just, oh, and it comes out. Oh. All right, here we go. So I was, uh, um, I was hanging out with my brother a few years ago, many years ago. And Dude, I'm uh, just to make it very clear. Okay, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay, cut creator, not a biter. Um, and uh, I'm just not. But I was in this social situation, and I was there with my brother. My brother and I were not very close in the vicinity of one one another. And there is a, a gentleman, shall we call him, that that for whatever reason felt to say a coarse word to me. And now I'm I'm a man of stature, right? I'm like six five, and I'm probably like two thirty today. Back then I was like two sixty, so I was a little bit a little bit bigger. And and so I remember this guy said something to me. Now I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a guy that just lets people talk to me a certain kind of way. I'm the guy that kind of says something back. This is who I am. Um, I'm not saying it's goddamn. I'm just saying this is kind of the way I'm wired. Now I will say this, okay? I'm a lot of bark. I'm not a lot of bite, okay? Let's <laughs> <laughs> me, okay? Because this dude said something to me, and I was like, boo, boo, right? And he was like, and then, and then he said to me, he was like, man, you want to step outside? And I was like, and that, like, when a guy, when a guy said, and I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you all, like, when, when, when a guy says, you ready to step outside, I never stepped outside. Like, I, like I'm, I, I step outside to pray or step outside to go home, like. But if a guy's like, you want to step outside? And I remember he's called me on it. He was like, man, you want to step outside? And I was like, and I was like, I was thinking about it. And then now some of y'all have never met my brother, but I got a, I got an older brother and he's uh, two inches shorter than me and about five inches wider than me. He's got like these big, huge shoulders and I'm loud, but my brother's louder. And, and I know that's hard to believe. My brother's, a, my brother's got a voice. And, and so I remember in that moment, the guy was just like, so we're going to step outside. And I was like, and my big brother says just a few, I'm like, so he goes, Hey, it's my brother. He's with me. And the guy looks at my brother, and he looks at me and goes, No, nah, man, it's cool. Like, we'll be okay. 
It's no like, it's no problem. Why, why do I share that story with you? Is it, you know what? That's how God rolls. Amen. I'm not telling you to go out and get into problems that God's got to solve for you. But what I am telling you is that we serve a God that protects. We serve a God that when you get yourself into bad situations that he steps in and he He protects you. The times when you think I shouldn't have been there, he shows up and he protects you. And so what do we do? We be of courage. Friend, you got to walk in courage. If you're walking around with your head down, quit walking around with your head down. Walk around with your head up and your chest out. Man, you're a child of the king. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Friend, you can be courageous and say, No matter what I'm going through, I can get through this with God's help. I'll never understand why people have to go through something and not believe God through it. I don't care what you're going through. You can still say by faith, through God, I can get through this. I know that God can do this. And so you run to him, as it says in Proverbs 18. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And I want to encourage you, if you need from God, go to God. If you feel afraid, run to him. If you're wondering what you're going to do, run to God. He is a strong tower. I will tell you, this church has been through situations over the last 18 years. The big and small, from firecrackers in a toilet, (laughs) to everything else. Some of y'all don't know that story. I'll tell you one day. But yet here we are. God has seen fit in a, in a world where 80% of church plants fail. 80% of church plants fail. 90% of churches, 85% of churches in America have less than 200 people. It's a true statistic. Yet here we are. And so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Second Timothy 4, 18, the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. God is not just merely preserving you for you. It's for him. It's to prepare you for his heavenly kingdom so you can give him glory and that he will get all the recognition. And that's why we are glad. Amen. We are also glad because he's provided for us. Who can tell? testify that God has provided for you who can testify not just money but provision that God is taking care of you in abundance above and beyond that you can't contain it God kind of provision who, who has God given grace to who, who has who has God given a job to that you weren't qualified for And then once you got that job, he equipped you to do the job that you didn't know you could do until God gave you the intellect to be able to do it. We serve a God that provides. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. See, I'm just dumb enough to believe the promises of scripture. I believe that the Bible says it. I'm just going to believe it. And I believe that my God is a provider. I, I, I've been alive for 46 years. And I've, ha- I've had lean times. And I've had rough times. But I'm still standing here today. God has provided. I believe that God provides for his people. I believe that you can have a full belly, a car that runs, and a safe, room, a safe roof over your head. 
I believe it. I believe it's a promise of Scripture. And I'm not saying you won't go through something. I'm not saying it's not going to be lifestyles of the rich and famous. But God does take care of His own. It's a promise of Scripture, and I believe it. And I tell you, man, as my wife and I, we started out, we were just excited about what God was doing in our life, and we've seen Him provide time and time again. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy 28. I want you to listen to this very closely. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep his commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of this earth shall call you blessed. Amen. Where did I lose my faith? Yeah, all people there shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, and the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, and the land of which your Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain on your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left, or go after other gods to serve them. Amen? Amen. Who wants that promise in their life? I tell you, our God is a provider. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I will testify today that God has met every need that I've ever needed in my life. God has not given me every want, but he's given me every need. I've never, I've never had a time when I wasn't taken care of. I've never had a time where God didn't provide for me and my family. I mean, some, sometimes we entered the month uh, a little bit lean. and We're going through couch cushions with coins trying to buy Slurpees. But he still took care of us. Amen. I serve a won't he do it God. Yes, he will. There were times, and, and some of you were not here, but there were times in our, uh, our older days of the church where we, we ran out of money at the end of the month in the warehouse days. And God would send an angel with a check that would show up and say, hey, I just felt like I wanted to give this uh, to the church, be able to sustain. God has moved us past that season, but I can testify that God has provided to this church. Do you realize that we have paid every bill on time in cash the whole entire history of this church? We We have, in 18 years, and anybody that got hired has always got a paycheck on time. We've never said we've got to wait to pay you. We've never had to say that to a creditor or anything else. Because God has provided to this church. You thought it was you, but it was God. Amen? Amen. 
The Bible says this in Psalm 84:11, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. That's the Bible says. Here's another scripture, Psalm 37:25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lands and his descendants are blessed and it's true. It's true that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I want to show you this other scripture in 2 Corinthians. Are you guys still with me this morning? Don't miss out, man. Don't miss out. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. This is what it says. Is it 2 Corinthians? 9, 8 through 11? Yes. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have an all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work as it is written. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Amen. That's a scripture that you can trust in that whatever you give to God, God is going to take care of you. Now, uh, here's what I will tell you. There are a bunch of tithers in this church. And if you don't know what tithing is, tithing is when you give 10% of the gross on the first of everything that you have. And this church is full of tithers. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so we, we've been doing that for a lot of years. And what's interesting, when you talk about tithing, tithers never get upset about talking about tithing because they're already experiencing the blessings of tithing. Now, throughout the years, I've seen many people that want to struggle with God and fight God on tithing. And eventually they come and they say, pastor, I'm struggling in my finances. And the first thing I always ask them, I say, are you tithing? And they always, they never understand why, why that's such a big deal. Because here's what I noticed is the people that put God first in their finances, they never seem to struggle financially. They grow by giving and it's God's math doesn't make sense, but it just seems to work every single time. And so for, for you that, that are walking in the tithe, I want to, I want to say to testify that God has provided for you. Amen. Have you not seen his provision through the tithe? Have you not seen Malachi 3.10 that says? Malachi 3.10 says this. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And now try me in this, says the Lord. We've tried God and I've seen him. I've seen what God is able to do with the tithe. Every, and Crystal and I have been married for 23 years. We've been tithing since I was making $1,300 a month, man. We've never not tithed our whole entire marriage. And I get it, man. Some of y'all don't want to take the test to be blessed and don't want to experience it. But, but it's, it's no trust because the, the tithers will testify that God takes care of those that put him first. You're not, you're not giving to a church. You're not giving to me. You're giving to God. And whatever things that happen past what happens, what you can put in the bucket, you're trusting God that God's going to take care of you. I know it for my own life. The people that are here know it for their own lives. And so we want to testify that God has provided for, the, for this house. Amen. This is where we find ourselves in Psalm 36, 8. They're abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. Amen. Friend, we're planted. We're in the house of our God. We're here and he's providing for our church. Every last thing. How are we able to see God move unless it's God moving? God moves throughout the midst of the church. How do you buy three houses in the middle of a pandemic with no money down? How do you do that? You go to the bank and say, hey, do we have to put money down? Like, no, no, we'll just do it. It'll be fine. And I've seen people in this church that have got jobs and got promotions. People that have seen things go well in their lives in the middle of a pandemic. How does that happen? Because the people that are planted are going to flourish in the courts of their God. 
That's how God's economy works. God is a provider. Believe it. Amen. Therefore, that was the intro. Let's get to the sermon. God has done great things for us and we are glad. And so therefore, man, I'm glad. I am, man. I'm telling you ear to ear, baby. I'm glad, man. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I go to this church. I'm, I'm glad I'm redeemed. I'm glad I'm no longer in sin. I'm glad I'm planted in the house of the Lord. I love the God life. FEC life for life, son. I love it. People say, man, it must be nice. I know, like you want, man, it's real nice. It is real nice. When you live according to the precepts of God, you, you experience the blessings of God. And I absolutely love living for Jesus. And over the last 30 years of being saved, I've seen time and time again where God provided, protected, guided, delivered through my whole entire life. And it makes me glad. I actually, I actually enjoy my life. I don't, I don't look at other people's lives and wish I had their life. I, I, I love it, man. I love you. I love our church. I love everything that we do and I love everything that we're about. I love that we worship together and that we serve together and we fellowship together and we learn together. And I love it because God has done it. And if you, and if you've been here a while, you look and you see people's lives that are changed over time. You see, like, remember brother so-and-so, remember when he first showed up? Man, God's didn't work in him. Remember sister, maybe y'all just saying that about me. Maybe you say, man, look at sister so-and-so. Remember what they were like when they, and look at what God has done inside. Remember what their marriage was like when they showed up and look what God has done now. Amen. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Can we just rejoice together that God is good and be glad about it? Can we be joyful for what God has done in our midst? Can we put on a garment of praise and be glad and thankful for what God has done and for what he will do? Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah 51, 11, so the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sign shall flee away. You can choose to not have joy. You can go throw yourself a pity party and be negative. You can do that your whole entire life. But there's no benefit from it. Instead, you can choose joy. You can choose gladness. I don't know where people got this idea that you can't have joy in the midst of going through something. You've been going through the worst thing in your life. People say, man, why are you so joyful? I don't know. Put on a garment of praise. I'm just trusting God in the middle of it. I know that God can do great things, and I've seen Him done great things. So I'm going to live out Psalm 102. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. When's the last time you experienced the joy of the Lord? Because I'll tell you, I'm going to give you a secret, man. The, The secret of experiencing the joy of the Lord is grounded in thankfulness. Some of y'all have forgotten what God has done for you. You prayed for a spouse, he gave you one. You prayed for a friend, he gave you one. You prayed for a place to live and and a place to work. You prayed for friends. God gave you all these things. And then all of a sudden you move into this spirit of it's not good enough. Instead of putting on joy and gladness and a garment of praise, being thankful for what God has done for you. Psalm 51.8 says, Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Broken bones rejoicing for Jesus. See, uh, people say they want to experience first century church. And, I, and, and if you want to experience first century church, I'm going to explain it to you. And then we're going to get out of here. Acts 24, 6. 
It says, so continuing daily one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. People say they want to live in first century Christianity, man, that's it. Yeah, in the temple, they were in the temple, going to each other's houses, eating food, and having simplicity of heart. Amen? Can y'all get excited about eating food? I mean, look at y'all. We like to eat. We're, we're about to give you leavened bread when you go outside. But so, so, uh, some people have set the bar so high of what it's going to take for, th- for them to be happy. Until I get this, until I have this, until God does this, until I accomplish this. Instead of living by the scripture, man, eat your food with gladness and simplicity of heart, man. You gnaw on that twist, you man, man, thank you, Jesus, man, this is awesome. Praise God, and then they still got the $1.50 menu, amen? It's a very easy formula. Get together, eat, and embrace the simple. Quit complicating it and make it harder for God to bless you because it takes so much to make you glad. It shouldn't take that much. Amen? This is the last scripture, and then we'll leave. Matthew 5, 12. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friend, walk in the gladness that God provides. I want to testify, man, God has done great things in our church over the last 18 years, and it's been him that does it, that did it. It was him over the last 18 years. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for the next 18 years. But today we want to testify, testify what God has done and be glad about it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, we want to invite you to become one. And it's really quite easy. Either you're a Christian or you are not. Either you've given your life to Jesus or you haven't. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never said, man, I want to be a Christian. And I'm I'm not talking about like halfway. I'm not not talking about like, oh, well, I'm going to try on this God thing. I'm saying you want to leave your life of sin and you want to come to the God life. You want to rest in the shadow of his wings. If you want to make that decision for the very first time today, I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to become a Christian. So anybody that needs to make that decision for the first time, we want to pray with you. And we, we always ask at our church too, maybe, maybe you have already made that decision, but you're sitting here and you find yourself uh, far from God and you'd say, man, I don't... Uh, I don't know what happened, but I'm, I'm no longer walking with him, and I, I need to come back to Jesus. I want to be fully submitted to him and his will. If you need to come back to Jesus, if you want to rededicate your life to him, not a superstition, man. You're coming back, and you're not going back. Your direction changed your life. If you need to make that decision this morning. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Thank you. Now, for the rest of us, let's just pray that God keeps us in the spirit of gladness. Amen. Do we remember who he is and what he's done for us? God, it's because of you and through you. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. We thank you for that spirit of gladness. God, we thank you for everything that you've done. Every every person that's been saved, every life that's been changed, every person that's been delivered, God. How we pray that every song that has been sung has been worship. Every bit of fellowship, everything we've given to you, Lord. We give it to you because we're thankful. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.
Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.